This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're recapping a big week for the squash teams. I saw head coach Pat Kosker earn his 300th career win. Plus, the men's basketball team picked up a big NESCAC victory, and we introduce you to the brand new club basketball team. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's basketball team fell to number 25, nationally ranked Wesleyan 85-75 on Friday despite a career-high 26 points from senior captain Nick Lynch and a career-high 22 points from junior Cody Greenalch. But the Bobcats bounced back the next day to pick up a NASCAC win over Connecticut College. Lynch scored a game-high 20 points, and Bates won 76-59. After the game, Lynch joined the live broadcast. So senior day... 20 points for you, Nick. Um, yesterday, a career-high 26. We talked about the mid-range game. How much do you work on that in practice? A lot, probably, right? Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's mostly what I do. I just go elbow to elbow, middle of elbow, and just shoot around there. Uh, sometimes corner, but that's about it. I know yesterday, obviously, the game didn't go the way you wanted, but you had that three-pointer, your first career three-pointer, right, in college? Yeah, yeah, that's always good, but, the, yeah, obviously the outcome wasn't good, but it's nice to hit some of those sometimes. And then today, obviously, the outcome going the Bobcats' way, 76-59. What was the key to success today for the team, you thought? I think defense, uh, we got a lot of steals, transition, like uh, big big moments from big guys, so Jeff, Cody, Humble all really contributed in some major steals, and we converted from there. So I think it really started on D, and then from there it was able to get most of our points on the half court, just guys making the open look and getting the right read. All right, so up next for you guys, you, you hit the road a little bit in that play, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, you've had some home games, so going on the road now. What's going to be the focus you think in practice this upcoming week? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> I think we, uh, we usually start, we don't talk about other teams until after the game. Sure. So I can, I'm going to have to get back to you on that, but okay. I know Hamilton's <laughs> an interesting matchup. They, uh, they play five out, basically, and just run and gun. So, so, we'll have to contribute with that. so senior day today, um, that was fun before the game, right? I mean, what, what were your thoughts going through your head, uh, you know, the announcements during senior day from the four seniors? Um, I think all the seniors really came out strong. We knew we needed this as a win, it's a must win. So I think they all really contributed, worked hard, and we got the result we needed. There you go. Nick Lynch, I'll let you get back in the locker uh, room. Thanks, thanks so much. Congratulations. Although the women's basketball team fell at Wesleyan and Connecticut College over the weekend, the Bobcats get a chance to bounce back Tuesday night when they host Regis at 7 p.m. The squash teams win a combined 6-2 last week, with both squads picking up key wins at Amherst on Sunday. The women defeated the Mammoths 5-4, earning Pat Kosker his 300th career win as men's and women's head coach. Sophomore Maeve O'Brien won in four games at the number 5 position to clinch the victory. O'Brien went 4-0 last week and has won 15 consecutive matches going back to last year. And she is the NESCAC Women's Squash Player of the Week. You started this year kind of halfway through the season with the team after playing all of last year. What was the adjustment like coming in mid-season? Because obviously it's, it's gone pretty well so far. Right. So I missed a lot first half of the season, but luckily the Bates Women's Squash team has a great group of girls, and they're all very welcoming when I came back and helped me to make that adjustment and get me back into it. From a you know, fitness perspective, were you still training a little bit in the fall, or did you have to like, kind of jump right back in? I was not training in the fall, so uh -huh. it was a big, a little bit of catch-up when yeah. I uh, came back. So what's that process like for you, like first time stepping back on the squash court in quite a while? 
Right. So it was a little bit awkward, but um, again, I was on the court with all of my friends and they were very patient with me and very understanding of where I was at with squash. So going back to your, your first year coming into your sophomore year, what adjustments, if any, have you made based on what you learned last year about what it takes to succeed you know, in college squash? After last year, I definitely learned a lot. It was a big, uh, big jump from junior squash, but I definitely learned just to be a lot more patient and use your teammates as a resource and just take your time, take a deep breath before every point and keep going. So. I understand you had the clinching game against Amherst, is that right? Yes. So tell, take us through that game, and um, did you know at the time it, it was going to be the you know the decider in that 5-4 match? I did not know at the time. <laughs> I, I learned that halfway through the match, and um, I uh, the pressure was on. I was down, down the first game and was able to come back the next three, but it was really nice to look back in the court and have all of my teammates cheering me on. I think it definitely got me through that match. How cool is it to have it be Pat Cosker's 300th win as a coach? I'm so happy to be a part of it. That's so amazing. So congrats to him and congrats to the team. How has he helped you maybe develop your game since you arrived on campus? Well, definitely in junior squash, I would get myself really worked up and I'd have so many built-up nerves before a match, and he definitely has been able to reassure me that, look, it's just a game, you know, you can do this. You've been doing this forever, so just take a deep breath and – do what you know. Well, speaking of that, when did you start playing squash? What first got you on the court? I started playing squash when I was in sixth grade. My mom had just gotten into it a little bit. I'm from Essex, Connecticut, where squash isn't very big, but mm. one of our friends has a court, and uh, we used to go over there and play, so she was definitely that first step for me. So it was your mom who kind of prompted that? Yes. Okay, and when did you start like thinking, oh, I want to play this in college? Probably after I started doing tournaments and I started traveling and it became a bigger and bigger part of my life and as I got better and better, that definitely was a sign that this would be something that I want to pursue in college. And what made Bates the place for you? How did you decide on coming to Bates? Well, definitely just the community here at Bates. I mean, after meeting the team, it was very apparent that this was the place for me. It's a great group of girls. Like, I fit in really well. I feel comfortable here, so that kind of helped make my decision. Is there some kinship playing kind of in the middle of the lineup with a fellow sophomore in, in Katie? There definitely is. Katie and I grew up playing together, so there's a big connection there, and, you know, we've we've been through it all together, so it's definitely nice having her near, near me on the ladder. When you were deciding on colleges, did you and her talk about, you know, coming to Bates? We did once we both found out that we were interested, which was really nice to have somebody going through the same process, talk about Bates and all these different aspects, so... And you're probably still playing against each other a little bit here because challenge matches, right? And you're right next to each other in the lineup, right? Right. So yeah. we, have, we haven't actually had a uh, challenge okay. match this year, okay. but I do know that um, the last one we played last year went to five. So uh -huh. we'll see. We'll see. Katie, Katie's fitness in her game is really strong right now. Within a game, you, you mentioned against Amherst, you found out in the middle of the game that this was the decider, right? Um, and so from a mental standpoint, did that impact you at all or were you just so, so focused? That definitely did impact me. I mean, coming back and having a strong start to my season, I obviously didn't want to drop this game to Amherst. And, you know, on the way down there, we had lost to Tufts on Friday night, and that was a big loss for us. So I think everybody on the team was like, you know, 
this is our match going into NESCACs and nationals coming up like let's really win this one so uh, the uh, deciding match definitely did add a little bit of pressure but I think it was a good kind of pressure you know within the conference obviously there's some some pretty tough teams what is um, the level of play like in the NESCAC you know against opponents like Tufts and Amherst and then even when you have to play Trinity at times right so I mean last season we had a few really good wins over Tufts and Definitely, I think our win over Amherst this past weekend just gives us a little bit more motivation and a little bit more confidence going into this tournament. So, I mean, you never know what to expect against Trinity, but hopefully we can uh, do well. How what are the captains like? You know, Vicky and, and Christina, they're a couple of seniors. They've been through it all. What's their leadership like in terms for the team and whatnot? You know, whenever I'm on court and I'm worked up or I'm nervous, they're always there to kind of say, you know, like, take a deep breath, you know what you're doing. And so they definitely have a lot more uh, experience in college squash, and that's very helpful to the rest of us on the team. Yeah, because between games, who's typically coaching you? So usually it's Natasha Jones, okay. freshman Natasha Jones, and Katie Mantranak. Okay. And so they're both very helpful because they're kind of in the same position I am too. And usually I play second at number five, so one of them has already played. So. It's very helpful. Last question, I guess, for you. What does it mean for you to be the NESCAC Women's Squash Player of the Week? This is a huge accomplishment. I'm really excited. Um, definitely thanks to the Bates Women's Squash Team, Pat Kosker, and even the Men's Squash Team for being a really supportive part of Bates for me. All right, Maeve O'Brien, NESCAC Women's Squash Player of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. After falling to MIT, the Men's Squash Team rolled to wins over Tufts, Hobart, and Amherst last week. Sophomore Dylan Muldoon won all four matches he played last week, and he's now won six straight matches, improving his record to 8-5 on the season. And Dylan Muldoon is our male Bobcat of the week. This past week, 4-0 week for you personally. What's really working for you right now on the squash court, you think? Yeah, I think uh, at this part in the season, it's uh, very much like kind of a do-or-die moment. You know, like these are the big matches we have to win, and I think like everyone on the team knows that, so like, Having that in the back of your mind when you're going on court definitely helps, like, I guess, like, push you over that extra that extra mile when you're out there. What's it like playing, like, you know, eight, nine position? You know, you're battling for a lineup spot probably every week, right? Um, well, recently we've just been, like, so busy with the amount of matches we've been playing. Uh -huh. We haven't really, you know, had a chance to challenge up or down the ladder. Sure. But I think, like, the, the nine spot in particular, which is where I, like, normally play, that is, like... That's like the one of the first matches that goes on. Mm -hmm. So the you know the number three, the number six, the number nine, those are the spots that kind of go out and set the tone of the match. And so I think like obviously we're not the closers, but we we kind of set how the match is going to go on from that point forward. So I think it's really important for those guys to come out and get the big win. You know. Yeah. Do you like going first, kind of? Then you can watch your teammates and support them afterwards. Yeah, I, I definitely like getting it out of the way. Um, yeah, it is kind of. You know, there is that pressure, though, yeah. of having to, like... Because there's a huge difference between going up 3-0 at the start of a match versus being down 3-0. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely love, like, uh, just getting the squash out of the way so I can focus on, you know, coaching my teammates and helping them win their matches. I know this past Sunday was a big one against Amherst for both the men and the women. What was uh, the team's approach going into the weekend, at least? You know, after the loss to MIT, what was the focus, you know, the next couple of days to bounce back for the weekend, which you did? Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, I mean, we, we knew that... Um, that was going to be a huge match in terms of our, you know, seeding for NESCACs and um, nationals. I think I think MIT was uh, the first match of the weekend. It kind of like took us off guard a bit because normally MIT isn't as strong of a program as they were this year. So when we went down there, we knew it was going to be a, a fight. But 
I guess we were a little disappointed by the seven uh, seven two loss. I think it was. Um, so from that point forward, you know, we had we had a another day of practice, and then we went into the weekend. And I think like everyone on the team realized that now is the time where we have to really like it's the do or die moment. We have to get these wins. Yeah. This is going to be the huge. This is going to be one of the biggest weekends of our season. And I think that was like what really made everyone you know fight for those matches and finally get the wins. Pat's called you guys road warriors this year because you have a lot of road matches. What's right. the, what's the travel been like this season? I mean, it's been it's been pretty terrible. We're we're <laughs> we're never on campus. Yeah, um, I mean like even this week we went down to Boston on yeah. Wednesday, came back up and went back down to Tufts on Friday, yeah. and then we were gone the rest of the weekend. I mean, and that's that's pretty typical for how it's been. We had our last home match. I think like first week of January, so we're looking forward to just being on the road ever, ever since there. So, yeah. Growing up in Bermuda, right. uh, when did you first start getting into squash? I know your older brother played here as well, but like growing up, uh, did you kind of follow his lead? He was playing squash, or how'd that go? Yeah, I mean it was kind of like a. Well, my dad's from England. It's kind of a, it's relatively a big sport over there. My my brother, and my dad, kind of just started picking it up, and you know, like being the younger kid in the family, I would obviously want to you know play with my dad and my older brother. So. I just kind of picked it up when I was really young. I've been playing for a while. Um, I was playing in high school in the States for a bit um, yeah, at a boarding school. And then, you know, my brother played at Bates. And so I think it was kind of natural that I would also, you know, want to play at Bates. So I think I, I'm kind of been following his footsteps in a bit. When your brother played at Bates, did you ever come to see any matches or anything like that? I mean, I was I was pretty young at the time. So he, he's a decent amount older than me. But I do remember, like... Like vague memories of like flying out to Boston and watching a match at Harvard. I think it was Nationals, but uh. I don't really remember much from from those times now. But <laughs> what, did he tell you much about Bates when you were looking at colleges? Yeah, he definitely pushed for Bates, but you know, I, I didn't want to just like go to Bates just because he went there. You know, yeah. I wanted to look look at it myself and decide for myself. And I, I guess I ended up did uh, enjoy it here. So yeah. So yeah, what appealed to you about Bates, independent of the fact that your brother went? Well, obviously, Costco was a big pull for me. I yeah. think obviously having a you know, connection with the coach, knowing that he already, is already uh, in contact with my family, and he really like um, put himself out there for me. I think that was a big like, you know, being an international student as well, like having someone to like, like that you know is already like rooting for you. I think that was a big pull for me, at least. Yeah. Well, it was his 300th career win there like, with the women's victory that on Sunday, and 301 after the men clinched. I guess. Right. Well, it's it, pretty cool to see him get that th- number 300 though, right? Yeah, that was crazy. I, I didn't even realize until he posted on Instagram, and, and <laughs> my roommate showed it to me. And I was like, that's kind of absurd like I didn't even think about that yeah yeah I mean good for him though I mean that's crazy I know we don't find out NESCAC um, tournament you know seedings till we're recording this on a Tuesday it's tomorrow you find out right, right. Wednesday what are your thoughts right now on possible NESCAC championship seedings I think we're gonna go in I think around four seed mm-hmm. which means uh, we'll have a match and then we'll play in the semifinals and then the way the um, lineup works is the uh, you basically you don't want to be on the side of the draw that Trinity's in um, I mean, for those of people who don't know, Trinity's like, like 13-time national champion, just absurd squash players. Yeah. So basically the goal of Nescax is to not be in the side of the draw of Trinity because that means you'll face them in the semifinals. Yeah. So ideally you want to be number two seed so you can face Trinity in the finals mm-hmm. and come second. Um, but what it means for us is that we're going to have Trinity in the semifinals, mm. which means our big match is going to be the third, fourth playoff which it's looking like it's going to be Middlebury-Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's nice knowing that so that the team is like ready and prepared yeah. for that eventuality. Um, but I think everyone is 
is going to have a big fight for that third third place playoff. For sure. When you go into a match against uh, an opponent like Trinity, what's the mindset? Because you you got a win when uh, against a Trinity opponent when they came right, here, right. right? I mean, that I, <laughs> Trinity is more like. Um, in squash, there's, there's never going to be major upsets in, in terms of like how like maybe like a basketball game, if right. like your team's playing out of their mind, then you, you can beat a better team. In squash, you need several different people to play out of their minds in one day and have that upset. So I think I think we don't necessarily go out there thinking we're going to lose, but we obviously go out there trying to play our best squash. But it's more of a you know, this is how it's going to feel like when you're playing a much better opponent. This is the things you need to focus on, and this is how you have to learn and try to play squash against better opponents. Did you take a lot of pride, though, in beating someone from there? I did, just yeah. just because of the name. I, I know maybe Trinity didn't put their best player out against me because they like to um, change up their lineup when they, they face uh, teams lower down in the rankings. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just the fact that it says on the scoreboard that I beat a kid yeah. from Trinity is, is insane. So <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to enjoy that for the rest of my time at Bates. For sure. Um, so you're, you're a sophomore here. What are some goals you have in your mind for the next couple of years, what you want to see out of your you know time at Bates in terms of squash and also in the classroom as well? Yeah. Uh, well, I think college squash is actually in a, a pretty interesting position. I mean, recently um, a lot of teams have been getting really good. So – I mean, I know, for example, UVA has gotten a lot better this year. MIT even earlier, the, uh, or last week, we found that out the hard way. But um, I think I think it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, bait squash is going to compete on a scale with a lot more better teams. Um, because personally, from last year to this year, I don't think we've gotten worse. Um, I, in fact, I think a lot of the players on the team have gotten better. We only lost one player last year, and it just goes to show that, you know, um, the, the entire college squash program is getting better um so I, i'd love to see um you know bates really competing in that in that new environment i think uh the next two years that i'm here i think we definitely can and then circling back to kind of in the classroom what are you studying right now here at bates i'm going biochem for my major and i think i'm doing a math minor um that's definitely a, a in contention with my squash practice schedule because <laughs> just two labs a week really really kills you but well, yeah, well, well. yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so you learn time management, I take it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a big part of it. Excellent. Well, um, Dylan Muldoon, any other thoughts on you know the upcoming NETSCAC championships and the na- team nationals after that? Yeah, I mean, I, I know the whole team's uh, ready to play their hardest, get out there, and you know, I think we're really – earlier in the season we lost to Middlebury and Warriors, and I know for a fact everyone's going to want that, uh, mm-hmm. that revenge match against them, so I'm looking forward to it. There you go, Dylan Muldoon, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. The track and field teams sent some of their athletes to the Terrier Classic at Boston University last weekend, including senior captain Aiden Eikhoff. She ran the 800-meter run in 2 minutes, 11.97 seconds, the second-fastest time by Division Three runners so far this season. And for that, Aiden Eikhoff is our female Bobcat of the week. Let's talk about the race you um, did there Friday at Boston University on the bank track there. You were up against Division One opponents, some people who have graduated from college. So what was that experience like racing against them, and how did it help you maybe boost your speed? Yeah, so it's always an exciting place to run. Um, just the energy in there. From the second you walk in, you get to see uh, runners, throwers, jumpers from all across the field. Um, there were a couple professional athletes and a couple really, really solid D1 runners. So for me, I always know that you know out of the 100 and 12 runners running the 800 that day, um, there is pressure in the sense that I'm up against these people who can run very fast, but there's also um, sort of 
non-pressure in the way that you're one of 112. So what you do matters pretty much only to you. And um, so I was in the second heat and I had no idea where I'd start off this season. And I know that I just didn't want to take it out too fast, let the field carry me and see what I had left at the end. And that's exactly what happened. So it was cool to see it all execute itself well. Was this your first 800 of the year? Yes, it was. Okay, gotcha. Yep. <laughs> what did you compete in, in the previous two meets? Uh, I did the mile last weekend okay. and then the 1,000 at MIT the weekend before. Gotcha. So what's your approach differ? Or is it similar coming into each meet depending on what event you're running? Yeah, no, it, it is different, um, especially if I'm doubling up. I try to do as best I can in every race. I don't necessarily try to strategize. I'll give it 75% in my first race and then 100 later on. It doesn't... For me, it doesn't quite work like that, um, and especially for the mile, I don't I don't run it very often, and usually I run it in a relay situation. So when I'm running the open mile, I don't I haven't quite developed a strategy. I just kind of run and see what happens. So this Friday, uh, I will be running the mile mm-hmm. and a, a, up against some girls who have put down fast times. So it'll be cool just to run with them and see what happens. I mean, you're already probably thinking about what it takes to qualify for NCAAs, what events you want to you know, possibly compete in there. So second fastest in Division Three right now in the 800. Uh, it must be pretty nice to have that uh, chalked up so far, right? Yes, it is very nice. And I'm hoping that time holds. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely will. Um, and so it's cool to ha- sort of have that on the books and then be able to focus on other events that I haven't run uh, as well or as much and just can see what happens with those and it's becoming I was talking to Curtis on the way back up from the meet that these events start to take away so that was my last BU indoor Mm -hmm. meet and you know things like that my last cross-country meet my last of all these meets so I've I've been really having to just like focus on every second of everyone because you know these these events start to uh, go into the past. <laughs> That's true. In terms of the 800, is it possible you may not run it again until NCAA's if that time holds, or do you think you will run it again? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Actually, yeah. we'll probably try to put together um, a medley relay mm-hmm. here in a little bit. We haven't put together a team for that yet, um, so it's very possible I won't run the Open 800 until much later in the season. Um, I'm not quite sure how if there's even a strategy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it could just be. I run what makes sense on the weekend or maybe take some meets off and get a couple more workouts in. And you've had the experience of going to indoor nationals multiple times. All three years, is that? Uh, I believe so, yes, yeah, actually. Yeah, all three years. So, um, I mean, in terms of that experience and, you know, you being one of the captains, do you, do you talk to, you know, some of the younger athletes about, you know, what it takes to, you know, make it to nationals? Yeah, I mean, we haven't really quite had what it takes because I'm not – I'm not necessarily sure what it takes. Uh-huh. I think that I, I think that this crew, um, this freshman crew, is very dedicated, and if nothing else, that will help them. So I have just seen such great efforts out of Elise, out of Mary, out of these girls who week by week are just getting much much better throughout the workouts, being really determined and really dedicated at practice, making sure that they're staying healthy in a variety of ways, and it's really really cool to see the younger generation come up through. And I know that regardless of what else they have in their tank, that this can really only help them. Well, who are some of the, maybe some individuals who have stood out so far? It's a young season so far though. Oh, it definitely is. Um, We've kind of been all across the board having really, really, really great performances. Hannah Austin 
uh, just had a huge P a PR in the mile. Um, she's hoping to break 5:30, and she got right at 5:30. But you know, she's she's looking forward to trying to get that time. And we had a couple great pole vault performances um, just this last weekend at um, the Southern Maine meet. And um, what I've what I've really really enjoyed this year is we have a couple of girls who are kind of nursing injuries or trying to prevent injuries. And I, I just see them every day coming to practice, going to cross train, making sure they're doing their physical therapy, stretching out. And the injuries like that, long-term injuries can be, they can make or break a season and they can cause an athlete, especially if you're a first year to say, you know what, maybe this isn't, this isn't for me. And I haven't seen that this year. And it's been really, really cool. Excellent. You know, I meet at BU. Do you see a lot of Bates alums there? Um, in the past years, I have. This year, not quite as many as we've kind of spread out across the country. Um, but there was definitely a lot of support last year. I met up um, with my friend Jess Wilson after the race, so it was really nice to see her. She's still competing, right? Or... She's still running. I think that yeah. she's taking a year off from com gotcha. competing, but she did compete last year and did really well. Yeah, she'd be one of the ones uh, you'd be up against sometimes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping not, but if we ever want to just like run a fun 5K or something. Yeah, she's more of a distance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She'd be a good training buddy for that, right. but we're, we're we've been talking about post grad uh -huh. running, and we're thinking maybe like a fun run or one of those runs in the mud or something. But yeah. you know, maybe not another track meet <laughs> event. We'll see. Right, right. <laughs> well, speaking of post college, you know, I've asked seniors this, and I know they love this question. But uh -huh. are you what are you thinking about in terms of you know grad school or jobs and whatnot? Yeah, I'm definitely thinking grad school. <laughs> yeah. um, I have there's no there's no plan in the works yeah. yet. I am hoping to be able to stay around Maine for a little bit and then just, you know, get everything sorted and then go from there. But I really like the area and I'd love to stay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because you come from Montana, right? Mm -hmm. So you've really, you know, fallen in love with Maine a little bit here? Yeah, no, I really yeah. like it. I've been in Portland um, the past two summers and it's mm -hmm. just been so beautiful. Um, recently, actually, my family found out they're moving to Wisconsin okay. just um, next month. So my dad will actually be able to come visit me at, and watch nationals for the first time. So oh, nice. yeah, that's really, really exciting because he's always just watched the live feed, which usually isn't on me. <laughs> so right. um, I'm so, so happy that he'll be able to come support me. Well, that's outstanding. And then, um, you know, what are, what are some goals maybe you have in your mind for the rest of not only indoor but outdoor season for yourself and maybe for the team? What would you like to see happen? Yeah, I mean, definitely I have some personal um, goals in terms of times, mm -hmm. but I I know that I'm going to walk away from college and not think about, oh, I broke 210 in the 800. I was successful. It's more about, I think, the team that I leave behind. And I have really, really tried as a captain, as a senior, and as a role model to just to make sure that at least something is in place and that training partners and race buddies and teammates can can grow together and keep growing forward. And so I've really been able to try to work with my co-captains and just, you know, create more of a team unity than we've seen in past years. And it's it's been going really well. Terrific. Aiden Eikhoff, female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. On Saturday, the women's track and field team finished second out of 10 teams at the USM Invitational, and the men took first out of eight squads. Junior Bofis Campolo took first place in the long jump, placed second in the 55-meter hurdles, and placed fifth in the high jump. You competed in three different events. What's that like at a meet when you have to go from the hurdles to you know, a long jump, so on and so forth? 
it's it's actually not easy uh kind of trying to balance all the three different events um so when it comes to meet i'm really short on time because i have to watch out for what's going on and what i end up doing most of the time is having a teammate uh checking for me in the hurdles when i go to the long jumps and take jumps out of order uh, in the prelims and then try to take a few jumps in a high jump so i try to do it one at a time but uh, time doesn't really allow that so sometimes i have to do one after the other no break at all no yeah. i get a break when i'm done with all the three <laughs> events yeah what's your favorite event maybe uh I like all of them. Um, I, I like all of them, but I say my favorite event is the high jump, probably mm-hmm. because I've had a lot of success in the high jump. Um, but I overall like all of my events. Um, I enjoy long jump. I think long jump is fun. Uh, I just kind of have a mark out there. Then hurdles is just a fast event. I love uh, I love running, love competing, love going over obstacles, and hurdles is just the perfect one for that. Yeah, 55 meters, right? That's over in a snap. It's quite weird because uh, we do 60 meters right. hurdles, but then at USM it's a 55, so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a change, it's a quick turnover. And we have one less hurdle to worry about, uh, which is cool. And then the times uh, looks pretty fast. So, For sure. What, which among the you know, men's track and field coaching staff do you spend the most time working with? I spend a lot of time with all of them, all of the coaches, but... Mostly Coach Art because he's the jump coach and the hurdles coach. So I spend a lot of my weeks with him. On Mondays we have hurdles, Tuesday long jump, Wednesdays high jump, Thursdays high jump. So I spend most of my time with him. But um, overall, I spend a lot of time with all of them, mm-hmm. and as well as Coach Kurt, who is the sprint coach. Um, so after the hurdles, I have to do the sprint practices, and I go to Coach Fresh for advices and stuff like that. How much did you do a lot of track in high school also? No. Um, so I joined track when I PG'd at Lumi Sheffi. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a PG, I was my senior year. That's when I started track. And I kind of fell in love with track. I, going into track, I didn't know what to expect. So Coach Purdy, who is the coach at Lumi Sheffi, just threw me in the hurdles. <laughs> and he had me try long jump, triple jump, and high jump. And we decided that hurdles and high jump was my best suit. But then when I came to Bates, I also fellow passion for long jump mm-hmm. so I've, I've also been doing that that's interesting so track and field you only this is like only like your fourth season kind of doing it basically whereas soccer i assume you've been playing all your life right soccer yeah. is uh is a sport that i grew up playing uh it's a sport that i love that i just enjoy uh, and this past year you obviously had a new head coach tyler shake come in what's what was that transition like uh the transition was it it wasn't a bad one just because um you have to be able to adapt to new changes. And I think the guys and I were able to uh, step up to the occasion and give Coach uh, Tyler the best welcome as we could give him and just show him why we're here. For sure. And then uh, Main State Meet coming up this weekend, right? I mean, I know the team is pretty motivated to get that title back, right? Yeah, that's uh, one of the things we're actually really excited about because uh, the guys have put in a lot of work in the summer and in the fall. And going into this year, our goal was to or is to get the, the state title and with the talent that I see on the team with the, the incoming class the the, f- the freshman class that we have the sophomores the juniors and seniors I believe that everyone is uh, talented enough to rise up to the occasion and uh, get the work done and get the state title back to Lewiston for sure and then after that you know obviously you're trying to get times that might qualify for NCAAs right are there any events you're particularly optimistic about this season um 
this isn't for now I'm trying to well which is <laughs> some people will find it not me but I'm trying to qualify for the NCAA in the long jump mm. uh, I'm trying to get that seven meter mark I'm trying to go for my record high in high jump uh, so I'm trying to go for at least six nine in high jump and hurdles um, I enjoy hurdles I just want to keep breaking my personal records and sure. while breaking that I'm going to be making marks and who knows where that takes me excellent and so you know you being a junior now right what's it been like playing you know being in season at all times right whether it be soccer indoor or outdoor track what's that experience been like throughout your time at Bates so far uh, I actually enjoy it yes. uh, some people think it's too much but for me I think it's nice just because I have a structured schedule so I have I know after classes I'm going to practice and then afterwards I'm getting dinner then I'm doing work yeah. so I kind of like the discipline behind it I like the structure behind it and I just love competing you know I think competition brings out the best in me and through competition I'm able to uh, focus on, also on the academic side of things and be able to give the best of myself both on the field and in the classroom speaking of in the classroom what are you studying here what's your major right now all right, now I'm a double major, so I'm doing economics and uh, French and Francophone studies. Nice. Yeah. And uh, the, the the French side of it, what's the inspiration to you know have that be part of your major? Um, so I grew up speaking French, and so I've kind of so you know the language that helps. I do, but um, coming to the U.S., I kind of lost uh, mm. some of the French virtues, so like the conjugation part of it. Mm. I kind of found myself in a place where my French wasn't improving at all. Mm. So I thought that getting French back was one of the ways to improve my French speaking, writing, and understanding pretty much. Awesome. Well, Bofis Campolo, good luck at the Main State Meet this weekend. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. When he was a first year, junior Nick Biotti was on the men's basketball team. But injuries eventually caused him to decide to transition into a new role, student coach. And this year, he started a club basketball team at Bates that is off to a 6-0 start to its season. We chat with the do-it-all coach, basketball player, and golfer. Nick Biotti with us here on the Bobcast to talk about a variety of uh, topics related to Bates athletics. I guess we'll start with uh, basketball, right? So you come to Bates, you're playing to play on the varsity team, you do your first year, but you get hurt. Take us through your steps after the injury where you decide you want to become a student coach and how that all works. I had three surgeries in four years. Uh, the first week, my freshman year, I unfortunately had ankle surgery or tore a couple of ligaments in my ankle. And uh, that season was basically a wash. Um, so I was at the point after the season, I kind of made the decision that I couldn't physically make the commitment anymore to the six to seven day varsity commitment. Uh, so I wanted to be around the team. I had made such a great relationship with Coach Furbush and the staff as well as the members of the team. Um, so basically sophomore year they approached me saying do you want to still be part of the program and I took that opportunity as a way to use my love for sports and basketball um, into possibly just another role. Um, so the last two years I've been assistant coach um, and that's the roles have changed. I, I do like scouting reports. Um, I'm on the sidelines wearing a suit so I feel pretty official yeah. um, but it's been, it's been an awesome experience. I was going to say, oftentimes you're the most well-dressed person out there, it seems like, right? Uh, what's your approach to the wardrobe, I guess? 
Uh, just try to mix it up. I have Bates tie, Bates yeah. wash, try to look official. <laughs> I gotcha. And then um, student assistant, that's kind of a rare thing here. I don't know if there's any, any other programs that have one like you, at least, in terms of how much involvement you have. What's that been like for you? It's just been, it's been an unbelievable experience um, working at that level. Um, most varsity athletes, obviously, in college play. Um, so to have this role, it's like it's basically like I'm a grad assistant yeah. at like a Division One school. Um, so every day, talk to the coaches. We I basically do have a role of an assistant coach. So yeah. from X and O's to game management, kind of work. I mean, I'm obviously not the guy, but <laughs> I, I like to think I have an impact on the team. So you mentioned the scouting work you do. Obviously, mm-hmm. during the actual game, what's some some of your responsibilities? Um, so I track just our timeouts, the fouls, who might have, who might be in foul trouble, and then I just work with individual players and see what I see trends on the court, what I think they can do better to help us out. Um, we've been running a one-three-one recently, so just identifying player personnel on the other team, who can shoot, who can't, yeah, uh, yeah so that type of thing. What's it like, you know, being a coach with? people who are not only the same age as you, but also some who are slightly older. Yeah. Um, So I actually had a similar experience in high school because I was hurt and I coached our, our like fall league team. Um, So it's, it's definitely even last year when I was working with guys that were two years older than me, it's kind of, I don't like to get confrontational in any way. And like, I just kind of be constructive criticism when I see it. And I think the guys have adjusted well to it and they know it's, it's for the betterment of the team. Do you see coaching as something you might do post-college? Um, I've thought about athletic administration and sports management. I'm still weighing my options. I'm an econ major, um, so I've considered economic consulting and stuff like that. But I definitely see potentially getting an MBA and then heading back into athletics in some capacity. So this year, you've also made some moves in two other areas. First of all, you joined the golf team. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I've played golf uh, on and off the last couple summers um, here and there. And then this summer, because I wasn't playing basketball, I wanted to get involved in something competitive again. And I thought, what great opportunity golf might be. So I played probably three, four times a week this summer um, and was lucky to make the team. I actually played in three or four tournaments this fall, including the New England Championships down at the Cape. Um, so I just got a brand new set of Titleist clubs. I'm, I'm ready to rock those. And we have a spring season. We're supposed to be heading to Naples, Florida for a week over April break. So that should be really – I'm just excited. And then next year to hopefully continue improving because it's a pretty new sport for me. Sure. I mean, golf versus basketball, I mean, there's almost no similarities at all. No. But what's, what's the team dynamic like compared to between the two sports kind of? Yeah, it's definitely more of an informal kind of thing. I mean, we show up to practice in the fall, two hours. You can kind of do your own thing. Some people play nine. Some people hit balls. Um, but it's been, I mean, just a new group of guys I've been hanging out with. Um, uh, it's one of the best decisions I think I've made at Bates. Then you've got the itch to play basketball again. Of course, you founded the club basketball team here. What was this process like? This is the first season you guys are undefeated so far. Yeah, so last year, again, I wasn't able to play on the court varsity. So I said, listen, I'm starting to get healthy. I want to play basketball competitively again. What options are there? Because intramurals just wasn't cutting it for me. Sure. So um, basically looked into there's a national club basketball association that's basically all over the country there's about 20 different regions 
Um, we're in the New England North, so I basically had to go through administration, setting up like budget, how it's going to work with both campus life and athletics. Um, so basically, I have a lot of roles on the team. So especially being the first year in the league, basically play, I help coach, I drive the van to away games. So I'm kind of I'm doing a lot of different things, but I've I've enjoyed it. Um, we've had some immediate success. We actually, this coming weekend, we're at Harvard, who is the running runner-up for the league last year. They lost to Ohio State in the championship, so definitely going to be our first real challenge, um, but I'm excited. Um, we have a couple former varsity guys who are on the team, got a good group of freshmen, so it's, it's looking promising. So how'd you go about recruiting the guys to play on the team? Because... It's one thing to like, you know, get a team started. It's another to actually have players. Yeah. Um, so through just my experience with basketball and intramurals over the years, I, I kind of knew coming in who I wanted to be on the team. So I approached those guys. And then um, three or four freshmen approached me this year, a couple who were considering playing varsity. So I grabbed those guys. And then uh, we have a couple football guys who – Played for or didn't play first semester, but are expected to join. Mm. Um, so finding guys who potentially have a little time in their schedule, um, but that's basically we have about twelve or thirteen right now, which is the perfect amount. So, who's some of the key players? So Griff Golden is the is my vice president. He's a senior. Um, Robbie Hoden, he's a freshman. Finn Conway is a freshman. Um, Wilkie Joseph is a junior. Uh, Samatar Eman is a sophomore. So we got a, a, just a good spread of guys who can play. Um, and the way this league works is you actually play three games in a given weekend. Okay. Um, so minutes are not like everyone. Everyone's exhausted. So like everyone <laughs> plays pretty equal minutes, and it's worked out so far. You guys playing a one-three-one on the club team too? <laughs> we have mixed that oh, in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to take some of the varsity. Uh, tendencies and apply them over. Yeah, terrific. And then um, you know we mentioned you're playing Harvard this week. I saw Harvard had two teams or something. What's yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that works. I think we're playing this week in their A team, uh -huh. yeah. who's obviously the the better of the two. Um, I don't know what to expect. We're, yeah. we're I think we're playing in their varsity gym, so it's pretty exciting. Um, but besides that, I've tried to do some scouting, looking at some like high school footage, um, but that's about all I'm going to get. I was going to ask, so there's not much scouting involved in no, the club basketball. No, it's not yeah. as much as I would like, but <laughs> I think we do have a competitive advantage compared to most. So if a student at Bates is listening to this interview and they say, I want to play club basketball, how do they reach out or what, yeah, exactly. what's the process? Um, basically, I mean, club sports at Bates, anyone can play. So especially this is our first year, I'm open to new members. Um, this league does have a cap of 18, but we're not near that. So I expect in the future for this league or for this team to continue to grow. So all you got to do is send you an email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, do you guys have any home games or is it all on the road for you guys? So fortunate for us, I kind of plan this around the varsity schedule. Right. So we have – this is our fourth away weekend. Um, but following this upcoming Saturday, we're home. We have uh, the second week in February, we're – home versus University of Vermont. And then in March, we have three consecutive home weekends. Nice. Um, so hopefully get some people at the games and increase the publicity. And that's an alumni as Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you get to coordinate like hiring the referees or how's that go? Yeah, that's basically a new process as well. We're yeah. working on that now, just reserving gym time and 
paying and funding for refings is is a big like concern. Um, but I think it's, it's hopefully it's going to work. I'm working with administration to get that all figured out. Well, this must be I mean just a great experience for you because you mentioned sports administration something you're, you're considering. This exactly. is hands-on experience. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's again. I'm finally playing competitive, so yeah. it's been awesome to have referees and getting back in it again is is something like I've always dreamed of. And the, these injuries have been tough, but I'm glad I'm finally healthy. And hopefully, knock on wood, that continues for sure. Now back to the varsity team a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hitting the road this weekend, I know some big games yeah. coming up. Hamilton and Amherst, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you're you're the guy doing the scouting. What can you tell us about these teams? So Hamilton, Amherst, they're both top 25 teams, uh, top of the NESCAC. Hamilton likes to get up and down. Amherst has a lot of size. Um, so I envision us hopefully keeping this 1-3-1 going. Um, I think game by game we've, we've learned to make adjustments and eliminate tendencies. Like I think Wesley and Friday night, just them getting the ball in the middle of the court just killed us because yeah. they kicked out, Hutcherson hit seven or eight threes um, yeah, yeah. but if we can steal one this weekend we're in great shape with trinity uh that following weekend so the way the nescax were every every year it seems like it's it's a log jam right in the middle so if we can get one this weekend even if, if we can get both we potentially can even host a nescax playoff game right um so it's the, we didn't have the start we wanted but we've been playing well of late well, it's interesting because you look at yeah, anyone can beat anybody, right? Colby beat both these teams, yeah, and you guys exactly. beat Colby. Yeah, transfer property, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, and, and we gave Williams a game. We were yeah. up ten Wesley and a half, or at, in the first half. So we we really feel like we can compete with anyone. Excellent. Well, anything anything else you wanted to share with us about you know the, your club team initiative that you started or the varsity team, perhaps? Just I, I've been actually working with Jason in the athletic department, yeah. um, just working with like how to improve like attendance at these games and I just that would be my thing just having people get get behind Bates Athletics because I feel like that's just such a good thing for students to be a part of in the overall like game experience and I think hopefully with Jason as the new AD that's on the up and up and coming. Well, hopefully you guys can earn that home game in the yeah. NESCAC tournament and get exactly. some people out yeah. there right? Yeah exactly. All right Nick thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Thank you Aaron I appreciate it. Congrats to Nordic skiers Kalen Woods, Maya Seckinger, Henry Raff, and Tucker Barber on earning All-State honors Saturday at the Main State Intercollegiate Nordic Ski Championship, better known as the Chummy Broomhall Cup. Both the Nordic and Alpine skiing teams returned to carnival action this weekend at the UVM Carnival. The track and field teams look to win the Main State meet, the men's squash team heads to the NASCAC Championships, and the basketball teams both take on Hamilton and Amherst with the women returning home to Alumni Gymnasium. We'll recap all that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates! Bates!